Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Hi, this is the Asia Tech Podcast, and we're going live. And today's guests are Paddy and MJ. So, Paddy, can you just introduce yourself and tell us why you're here? Hi. Thanks, Neville, for having us on the show today. Uh, we both are the co-founders of uh, Insights Club. Uh, so uh, today's uh, session, we hope to make it quite uh, interactive and tell, tell you guys a little bit about what we do and about our company and uh, what problems we solve. A little bit about ourselves. Uh, my name is Paddy. I'm from uh, India. Uh, I have, uh, I've been working in the digital marketing uh, analytics and consumer insights space. So I used to work uh, as the head of data science at Lazada Group. Before that, uh, I worked in a uh, lot of other companies like Point Logic, which was acquired by Nielsen. And before that, I worked at Nielsen. Uh, insights, before I tell you a little bit more about why we started on this journey, MJ, can you tell, how, how, did, how do we know each other? Do you want to tell these guys that how do we know each other? Well, Paddy, yeah, I still remember those days around 12 years back. We used to walk together in Nielsen, India, and you were based at Bangalore. I was in New Delhi. We used to meet quite often and kind of fight used to, used to fight as well. So we used we met each other in 2006 or seven, and that's where we know each other and then we bumped up again in Malaysia after some eight nine years when I moved from India to Malaysia and I was working for Nielsen and then he was with one of the media agencies so that's where we reunited you and then that's where we are out start so who was the client who was the customer yeah, I mean who yeah, was the I client mean, and who was the supplier none of us because we both were working for the same uh, industry so when we were in Nielsen, uh, we both were delivering different stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, later on when he was in media agency and I was with the agency side like Nielsen and Cantor, yeah. that's where he was the buyer of data and I was the sell seller of data. And that's where we realized there is a need to do something which personally we felt uh, there is a business need. And then that's where Insights Club started. So how did that need evolve? Well, so just to give you a little bit of, uh, you know, I have been working into the market research agency side for almost 12 to 15 years. And then we, I realized that there is a huge pressure from the brands, you know, those who are buying data that, you know, it's a uh, less budget. Uh, they want something really quick and fast. And brands like Nielsen or Cantar, it was not really, really easy to change because it's a big organization. So the adoption was quite slow. And that's where, you know, uh, there was a huge pressure. I realized that, okay, people are literally in pressure to deliver the numbers. And same, uh, that's where, you know, I was discussing, I started discussing with it, with Paddy, that, hey, there is something like this and then some has, something has to come. And uh, he has also felt similar pressure while, you know, okay, because he was in a media agency, he was in a e-commerce site, so he was buying data. So though he was managing the num budget, but he has to, he, he was also into a pressure of getting things faster, which he was not able to get. So do you want to share your experience in terms of how that happened in e-commerce and IPG media when you used to buy data? Good point. So 
uh actually just uh, adding a kind of a different side to just what mj said uh actually while working as a buyer of data starting at uh, ipg and at point logic and at e-commerce a lot of times uh for example when i was at lazada i was looking to get a lot of uh, consumer insights market studies done uh most often as you know a lot of digital companies are really really fast paced so you need the results quite fast so that your decisions are more data driven a lot of times by the time we got the results either it's too late we need to already make the decision then it's either money down the drain or it's data which can't be reused so we started observing this uh, issue from different sides of the spectrum like mj mentioned from the supply side from the customer side from the digital side that's when we started talking to a lot of potential customers and suppliers in the market because we wanted to see is this only what we to face mm-hmm. or is it a industry wide uh, trend so we observed three big issues in the industry we observed that data still exists in very siloed ways it's not really look, looked at it as a single piece so it's like one person is looking at something another person is looking at something and there's no full picture view uh, there's no means to kind of link these insights to real marketing action so it's like oh good to know stuff but is it really actionable third aspect was it's there's really not much changes in the methodology the way first party data is being collected so there's not really much changes because of that a lot of customers are still apprehensive of the quality of uh, data which is being collected so we want we started talking to a lot of potential customers and suppliers in the market that's when we found that this is a huge industry wide problem do you want to talk a little bit about so, the problem on. you observed? so when did you realize that you two should work together on this same project so in um, how did that come about so in 2016 we saw this issue earlier early on in 2016 we saw this issue in the industry which is when we started uh, discussing with each other and that's when we decided hey is this a, a big problem or is it just unique to a few people in the industry that's when we started talking to a lot of potential customers and suppliers in the market across apac to find out hey is this a big enough problem or is it just a small case so why didn't you work on it on your own so obviously it's a very important point uh it has to do with complementary skills do you want to talk me about that uh yes so same thing you know in 2016 that's where i was always into the data supply side i was always selling data to the brands i used to work with media agency i used to work with the brands like big brands and it was like too much of pressure okay how things are not moving they want something fast quick real time and you know that's where we started discussing early 2016 that okay this is my problem and then i realized oh this is not my problem this is his problem too so that's where we became something common thing and yeah we started talking to rest of the lot of people in the industry we know we don't know and the both side is it something us thinking or is it something real real big problem so yeah but i'm trying to get to the point where why did you why didn't you just create a company on your own as good opposed question. To, yeah, yeah. Uh, very good question so you know i mean i believe in that you know uh, 
you know, as a business, as a, because I have done it in past, it's not my first startup. So, okay. so okay. I have done quite, quite early. I mean, maybe before I started, I just started something and then I failed. Honestly. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, that, failure yeah. is part yeah. of the entrepreneurship. And that was journey. my learning. That yeah. was my learning. So, you yeah. know, and that time I started off my own. So, you know, at times as a business, as a startup, you believe in a lot of stuff and that's your belief. But that may not be the reality. So you need someone else who is seeing it from a different side, which you may not be. Because I'm not 360. I can't see 360 as a person. So when you're talking about 360, you need someone else to be with you, see it from the other side. And that's where we both bring two complementary skills. So we, we are friends. We are together because of two different skill set we bring as a team. So, so can I just add a bit of point yeah. on that? So uh, two things, okay? One is uh, statistically, if you look at it, uh, the likelihood of single founder startups which fail, the probability of failure for single founder companies goes up by more than 3x compared to two founder startups. And also if it goes more than three, also, it goes up. Guess why? Too many cooks also spoil the broth, right? Yeah. <laughs> decision making. Yeah. Yeah. Too so, long time to take decisions. So it's, it's statistically proven that uh, two is a pretty optimal number. So that, that's also a big reason. Obviously, VCs prefer two company founders because you're le less likely to be biased in your decision making, right? And obviously, that's where you're also trying to bring multiple facets or multiple angles, you're bringing more challenges, questioning each other, breaking the myths. So definitely uh, the probability of failure is high if you would tend to start on your yeah. own. So MJ, what do you bring to the, the business in terms of skills? You, you complement each other. Yeah. So, so uh, I want I, you to tell, what, do you, what is your skill as opposed to Paddy's skill? Well, so I have had... Uh, experience of managing large-scale operation really more than 100 people i have managed at one point in time managing stakeholders managing understanding client because i'm into a business where i have been selling data so i understand what is business need so i bring that where i see paddy is bringing more innovative more digital digital approach more uh, because it, th that, that's where we complement each other. So do you agree with that? Yeah, just to elaborate, uh, obviously, you know, I spent a lot of years at the, you know, like e-commerce, digital company. So, and I've, and obviously I've been more closely more working with marketing end users. So that's also a reason why I am able to think of how results can be used, actionability, and obviously, I have a strong background in data and products. Uh, I, I did play a big role in the product and data science. I built a data science team at Lazara. So I do have a lot of background in building teams from ground level ups in data. And essentially, we are a Martech technology company. We are a platform. So that's where we bring uh, complementary skill sets, understanding operations, understanding supply, understanding customers from different facets. Because you also need to understand in our line of business, you have customers at different stages of the journey. You have some who are early adopters. You have some who are late adopters. You have some who are in between. But you need to 
cater both your uh, solution and your selling approach to cater to different solutions. That's so, where we bring that. Picture. So it's interesting you mentioned solutions. So exactly what problem are you solving for Great. your, bit, so, your customer? Uh, as we started, you know, I mean, the business problems, what we saw, which we realized uh, before we started, you know, where we started working on it is, I mean, data are sitting in silos. So you have first party data, you have third party data, you have multiple sources of data, you have media, you have e-commerce, you have social and everything in and sitting is its own. And you are, so that that's one of it, which we are trying to bring it together so that, you know, they can talk to each other and then it make more sense for the marketeer for the brands to take decisions based on data lead. How are you bringing it together? So we have, we have our own secret sauce, which is our <laughs> AI algorithm, oh, so, yeah. where we bring mm. all, that all together. Uh, so, yeah, good point. Uh, we are looking to hire a rock star data scientist by around July. So definitely anyone who's... Uh, PhD types who wants to b work on great solutions, who want to help us develop innovative approaches, who want to be part of something who's disrupting the marketing technology space, give us a ping. We are look on the lookout. Are you looking for just one data scientist or a, a team? We are, we are on the lookout for a lead data scientist to start with will obviously lead that whole initiative. So we're starting with a kind of a lead data scientist who will be both the lead plus hands-on. And eventually that person will definitely have build a team. So uh, if uh, I come into your company and I, I look around and I say, you're doing it the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, you must have heard that. So what do you tell people that will tell you you're doing it the wrong way and that there's a better way? What would you tell people? So two things, right? So definitely, uh, we get a lot of feedback, okay? Uh, obviously, some uh, very good, where we can learn, some okay, some not so good. So it's important to also be able to selectively filter, which means either think about it, validate whether it's a good input. And obviously, uh, we do have a lot of data points to support our direction. For example, we currently, inside Insights Club, we have more than 20 uh, paying customers, right? Uh, half of them are brands. So we work with a lot of big brands like, you know, Club Med, AirAsia, Colgate, a lot of the big media agency groups, right? And we've had pretty impressive revenue growth month on month, though we can't really share those numbers publicly. We are growing at an extremely fast pace. And we went through an accelerator, Murudi, backed by Telstra, and we've raised angel money as well so we have a lot what i'm trying to get at is we have a lot of uh, social proof and external validation uh, obviously customers validating paying for a product our investors our, our partners all that is a validation that we are on the right path definitely we keep le taking learnings from the market so that we are we continue to go the on the right path and we accelerate as we go along but have you heard any of, from your accelerator experience, um, as you went through that, did anyone um, say to you, I think you should do it this way, and then you chose to do it another way? We always hear that. I mean, you know, and that's the journey all about. Because, uh, and I, I take, take that very positively. But as Paddy said, my partner says, we know enough about us 
at the same time i am open to take feedbacks so, so but at the same time i validate because i have lot of data points to see what is working i know more about industry but there are a lot to learn so i take both the things so, so i don't oppose i take it very positively so can you give me an example of something where somebody has said i think you should do it this way and you've gone a different way so definitely we've got a lot of uh, inputs like from our accelerator and mentors like okay you know you can fine tune your pitch strategy to make it more easier to understand etc etc so a lot of those we found it useful to make it more simplistic to tell a easier story a lot of so that's a real example of how we got a lot of uh, inputs to tell a more simpler story crisper story make it more interesting share personal pain points stuff like that definitely we also get a lot of other inputs like uh, from other people like let's say product direction etc sometimes those maybe from people who don't fully know the industry or they are looking at it in a more narrow perspective so th- some of those inputs we may or may not have taken depending on what is our larger vision so you you're t- talking about your story was that because you knew that because you knew the industry you knew the company in such depth that you assumed that the people you were talking to would understand what you were saying not really no not really i mean because we don't go by what we think is right that's where no, yeah but when when you were telling your story like if you you were tell, talking to me about your story and because you know the industry a lot better than i do there's a there would be a, a gap in knowledge always yeah, yeah. yeah so how would you compensate for that i'll i'll take that because it's always a good part to see somebody who is seeing it from the other side of the game yeah. because that gives you a lot of value and then it you know and i take it very positively and as as, as we said that we validate at the same time what that coming through and what is as a roi because i believe in you will get lot of people in the world giving you free advices and millions of people are doing that you know because they see it differently but when you put your own money and then say something that it it is more close to what you really want to be because that's more valuable because you say that something losing or something coming out so i i take that i balance it out and i take that accordingly so navel basically is like uh, as startup founder one very important quality is that you will get a lot of inputs lot of free input advice whether you ask for it or you don't so definitely one of the qualities of a good founder is to selectively be able to judge which is a good input which is not a bad input which we have learned and we are continuing to learn how to distill the right information we always have to filter what we need so how big is your company at the moment we started as we said that we started it in 2017 uh, march and we were two now we have a team of 12 member and we have hired a very senior resource sales person last month from one of the reputed company a big company mncs so we are really growing quite fast in terms of people uh, in terms of revenue yeah we have done more than a million in a year so it's it's quite a good uh, growth i would say so we are uh, you know we have exceeded our revenue targets for year 
and uh, we are uh, uh, continuing to build both our product and our team and we expect to go for our series a uh, funding uh, later part of this year and we are quite confident of uh, surpassing our sales target and obviously raising our series a at a good uh, valuation and realizing value for our current investors as well in addition to what patty said i am aiming to have uh, bringing my team to 20 member team by this year and why did you choose uh, singapore if you're based in singapore <laughs> so we have a interesting question so we have a team actually split between uh, singapore and malaysia kl yeah. uh singapore obviously is is strategic for us from our industry perspective because a lot of the regional consumer brands we sell to the regional marketing teams are based in singapore so obviously it makes sense and obviously singapore is where we also have all our investors are based and that's also where we expect to raise our future on we have a lot of a back end team like our tech and customer success in malaysia that that has been good because it has helped us also to uh, get the uh, right talent and also manage our cost at an optimal level so we'll continue to build our back end uh, operations in uh, malaysia but have our re- regional leadership team in uh, singapore as we go along and any other countries in asia so we currently we have our presence here uh in terms of our plans uh next year uh, currently we uh, sell mostly to customers in southeast asia next year we'll start uh, expanding to more countries across apac and we also expect to sell, set up local offices in key countries so indonesia thailand vietnam philippines india and so more so we expect to set up local teams to do enterprise selling and work more closely with the local brands in all these markets So you're the CEO, Paddy, yeah. yeah, and MJ, you're the COO. That's right. So how did you decide which roles you should take? Uh, well, uh, Paddy started before me a month before I started full time. So obviously he took the lead. Oh, he got there first. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, obviously the advantage. <laughs> So obviously we do a lot of co- complementary things and obviously it was you know there were a lot of you know synergies okay so he was already managing operations i was working more on strategy so you know so, and we are okay with it so yeah. we don't really i mean we are we are good with it yeah yeah and it, what are the positions do you have in the company we have the uh, head of engineering yeah. uh, we have a, a chief client officer uh, we have customer success uh, these are the key positions we have and we have full stack engineers and how did you go about deciding what positions were needed and who would take those positions so we obviously decided on those positions based on obviously what are positions which are uh, there in enterprise space what is suitable for our industry obviously what is the need for us at this current stage and obviously then we funnel down to what will this role entail do we really need this role in house that going to help us in the revenue in the growth in the longer vision and that's how we created those roles and not only just created those roles we have a full vision of how we're going to build that whole team so and the next role that you're looking for is a data scientist so that's that's a more senior role we are yeah. looking at we are also obviously looking out for like customer success in singapore we are looking for customer success in malaysia as well who whose role is more to manage client accounts work more closely with engaging customers who we've already signed up and stuff like that so how do you find recruitment 
in Singapore? How do you, is it an easy thing or is it does it have its challenges? Definitely, as a startup, there are challenges to getting the right talent because you don't you want people who don't just want to work in it as a job, but who are actually passionate and who want to be in it for the long term. And uh, definitely, if you're attracting uh, talent from uh, multinationals and other companies, definitely uh, they need to be part of the right mindset and mentality. Skills is important, but mindset is equally important as a startup because you're building that culture behind it. And definitely... So uh, as you know, Singapore is a vibrant market. There are lots of startups. There are a lot of unicorns like the grabs of the world. <coughs> so finding the right talent, finding people who are joining us for the right reasons, who will fit into the scheme of things mentally and obviously skill-wise is definitely important and quite challenging. So <coughs> talking a bit about that, so that's why we... Our, we often follow a recruitment process where it's not just us who validate or who's the team who's hiring. A lot of times when we're hiring for key roles, we also get our external mentors and advisors to also speak to them to kind of both for them to validate and also give those candidates a different perspective as an outside angle. So that's a kind of a unique way we look at it. So how long would the process be? So obviously, as a startup, we uh, we want that process to be fast, but at the same time, make sure we have evaluated the person on all the aspects. So it, it'll typically, you know, be at least a few weeks, right? Because they also may be busy and stuff. So I would say that probably even for a, a senior role, it'll probably be a few weeks, a minimum. And <laughs> you, so you, how many advisors do you have? In your, around you your company? Five, five advisors. Five advisors. Yeah, and really great set of advisors <laughs> coming from different industry background. Tech, oh. yeah, you know, we have people from Google, ex-Google, we have people from ex-DCV, we have people from ex-WPP. So quite a great set of advisors we are having. And why do you think it's important to have a range of advisors? Because that, that gives you a lot of variety, a lot of different perspective um, <coughs> to, to, to the business, to the team. So our advisors uh, provide us inputs on different things, right? So we have some advisors who provide us inputs on sales strategy. We have advisors who provide us more inputs like on the investment side, fundraising. We have advisors who provide us inputs on hiring. So we have advisors who provide us different angles from different sides depending on their skill set and experience. And that has really helped us a lot. So what is your own personal work schedule like? We you have, mentioned that if you don't, I'm, I'm an, we don't have holidays. We don't have personal life. We are always like working, 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 and we always have too many pending things. <laughs> so we also, uh, we also sp uh, travel a lot. So normally we do like maybe no, we are normally few days in Singapore, a few days in Malaysia, working with our teams. We do few meetings in Malaysia, then we do few meetings in Singapore. So we are always on the move. And your families? How do your families find that? Or are you going to say you're not, no. you have no family? No, we do have family. Yeah. I have a go to, I mean, I have, I mean, my wife is housewife. I have yeah. two kids, grown up kids. My son is 13 years old. Quite understanding. I'm glad to have them because, I mean, they don't stop me what I do and they are, you know, they don't disagree. They are giving me full, I mean, you know, 
support i would say so i would say that i mean glad good support from my family So, uh, yeah so I, i uh, so i have a wife and i have a one year old baby oh. so definitely uh, i would say my wife is, has been definitely not just a great support she's also has helped us a lot she's a chartered accountant she's also helped us a lot and uh, definitely i also learned a lot of things because obviously a baby is also a startup in a different yeah. way so definitely uh, obviously without the support of the families you can't really yeah. build something with the right mindset right which is important so you both had, were working for companies when you went to your respective partners and you said i'm going to start a startup what was the reaction so obviously not it's not a good one <laughs> <laughs> so it's, okay. it's it's not well i want to hear the not so good one <laughs> yeah i mean they i mean, My wife said no uh, why do you want to do it you are earning quite well you have quite i mean because i was you know making good money having go- i mean obviously so why do you want to risk your life when you are in a really good si- situation and that's where you know i believe that you know when you are really in a comfort zone when you are really doing good is a time to do something which you are not confident or you want to try that out so it's a challenge so i always believed in it and i said don't worry I have thought of it, and uh, yeah, I have one year runway. Oh, you have yeah, okay. <laughs> so I gave a kind of a confidence. Don't worry, because because for them obviously it's important that I do. I'm not getting into a wrong side, because sometimes you just believe in it and then you do it. So I had to really kind of a convince and then start. So it's obviously it's not that you know got up on fine day and said, "Hey, I'm starting today." Obviously, you know, definitely as you expect. when you have a good job and you say hey i'm going to start up and you know uh, definitely you don't expect that reaction to be good at first so definitely building confidence into your partners is important and it's definitely not in a day that's where they see that it's not that you're saying but you're you know working on a concrete plan so obviously you know it's not that we got up one day and we said we are starting we did a lot of groundwork planning financials what is that time lag we have to see whether it's working or not because you also need to be realistic to evaluate whether what you're doing is and you to need to have a time frame right so we said okay we know that within 2 years we should at least be at the stage of a company and i think we can probably say that we've crossed that and we definitely think we can do much much better than that So your wife's a chartered accountant you yeah, said. Yeah. So and she helps out. So she's actually looking over the figures. No, I mean so she gives uh, inputs. Uh, she she has she has a jo- job. Okay, she has a job but uh, obviously she gives us inputs because we are still a startup and obviously you know we're not hiring a CFO. Is moment. it like a report card yeah? Yes, so so obviously you know there are a lot of regulations as a company you need to follow right whether it's auditing, tax filing. So obviously and obviously she's a chartered accountant from Singapore so obviously you know she gives us input. So we do all the right things at the right time we work with various external companies to take care of our accounting and stuff but at the same time you need external inputs to make sure you're following the regulations because those things are very important as a startup but you may be following the regulations um but your wife looking over the figures will be, will be telling you okay you're f- on target you're falling a bit behind target you need to do something about it so do you get that kind of input 
No, so obviously, to be honest, uh, she also does not have the enough time. And two, uh, we are that part. We obviously are working on that ourselves. We know we have our estimate, we have our focus, and we go on it on a monthly basis. What we are doing, but uh, definitely. the legal aspects is important are we doing the right things are we filing are we do, doing the reporting correctly is your reconciliation happening because we have two companies we have a singapore company we have a subsidiary in malaysia so are you doing all the accounting practices correctly and stuff like that right so you you you've obviously um been in the industry a long time um why hasn't anyone else come up with the idea you need lot of courage you need lot of not everyone does what i do right and that's different that's makes that puts you in a uh, unique position so everyone wants to do a business everyone wants to a start startup work for a startup but you know you need lot of like you know as, as i said that you know my wife said no my kid said no why do you want to when you are really making a good handsome amount of money and then you are secure you are working for one of the top largest global market research you know so why do you need to simply do it's like no you don't really need to do that so it's like you take that and then you get it so not everyone does just because they are in a comfort zone and they are enjoying it i guess that uh, it's like uh, you know like he rightly said uh, one not everyone does it two and are you doing it at the right time right because it's the right time for everything it's like uh, uh, yeah think of grab right when started as an app you're bringing multiple uh, uh taxis under a single app right why didn't anyone do it well maybe some i'm sure lots of other people thought about it because you're not building a rocket ship but no one actually got to executing it right lot of people come out with ideas lot of people come out with great ideas but they actually translating that to something which is a workable executable business you may start small you may start big but are you actually translating the ideas into something which works right because i guess that ideas are a million right lots of people have great ideas and maybe and as you know probably lot of the best ideas never got implemented so what advice would you give somebody um that had reached say in your situation mj that has to that has an idea and then they decide that they're going to put that idea into practice as a startup what would you what would you tell them i mean uh, one thing i uh, want to share about uh, what we did and that's the best thing about us yeah you have a idea believe in it but validate it before you get into this so make sure that you deliver you add value and don't just you believe in it make sure that you get it checked by lot of people and i mean lot of people means really talk to lot of people you know and you don't know because when you have something you see it from your point side you this that's your story but your story is not the full story so always get the full story and that full story will come only when you talk to rest of the people so to me and to me a paddy we literally spent 3 months talking to hundreds of people simply asking them what do you think without saying them this is my idea understanding business issues and get it right and when you have make sure that you built 
to deliver and add value it's two things right so it's like uh, always people who are close to you or your friends will always say that hey it's a good good idea M- mj will say my wife will say but are your potential customers and investors do they actually see that this is interesting so do validate that and always make sure that your go to market is ahead of your product which means that build little test again iterate if you overbuild your product maybe sometimes people are not willing to pay for it so make sure you your customers see value they are willing to pay for it okay so if is there anything else you'd like to add um i would say that uh, first of all thanks a lot for having on the show uh definitely uh insights club is on the path to disruption to change the whole martech technology space so we are definitely looking for more partners more investors more enterprising dynamic talented employees as as well to join us so do join us do po- join us in the journey and obviously thanks a lot for all those people who have supported us on this journey so far uh, mj uh, i'd say thanks a lot for having us here and give us this opportunity to talk to rest and share this to the rest of the world uh, thanks to people who had supported us so far thanks to the team we are literally looking for good people to come join us we are looking for partners feel free to connect us if you want to part you know be part of this journey with us and how are they going to get in touch with you look so, for insightsclub.com insights insightsclub.com insightsclub.com yeah. insightsclub.com or hit us up on linkedin okay so that's a wrap thank you thank you you've been listening to asia tech podcast Find out more at atp.show.